right. Um, what I'm going to do, um, I will be preaching, but uh, just before I do that, I, I want to just give a, uh, a quick report. It was a couple of weeks ago that um, I was in Mexico, and in fact, the, the States as well, Oregon and the States, uh, had a, a first trip, as it were, um, for, you know, a big trip overseas to serve churches for a couple of years for obvious reasons. And, uh, and I know folks prayed, and I think it's always important, you know, it's not just I go, but it's actually I take kind of you pray as we go, and there's very much kind of I, I go on your behalf, actually, in terms of serving what happens there uh, in those churches. So went with Jeremy Simpkins, who leads Christ Central, uh, the apostolic team, I'm part of the team with Jeremy, and the two of us went. And we, we had actually a superb trip for lots of reasons. Uh, we had lots of flights, okay? We literally, I think, in the end lost count of the number of flights, but we kept safe uh, with all of the traveling. And, uh, but in terms of the church in Oregon, it was our first trip there. And it was just, we felt we were with very, very old friends. It was quite, a, a, quite, an, a, a, quite an amazing I've got some feedback. Shall I keep going? Yeah, okay. Um, but actually, we... Um, sorry. Yeah, we felt we were some really old friends. We were really well-received. We had some very good times there. Um, just to say that they've got a super building. It's, the, it's an old Walmart. So if you can imagine one of our um, supermarket buildings, that's their building. And uh, it's fabulous to see it. And I, I wish I had time to show you. I took zillions of photos of the building because it was like, to be honest, and I confess it, it was building envy. You know, it was like, wow, wow, wow. And what was brilliant about it was it wasn't just a home for the church. It was a base for the community. It really was. There, there was so much that they'd put into that building. There, there was the, a food bank and you know, other stuff. There was, wait for it, there was a dental surgery. I wish I'd put that photo up. Yep, you've got a dentist chair, you've got the full works, you've got an actual dental surgery that, uh, that one of their leaders is a, a local dentist. And obviously in the States, their, their care system is a bit different to ours. And so they provide dental treatment for those who can't afford it. Isn't that brilliant? Fabulous. Uh, they've actually got, they actually designed the whole kind of corridor that goes around that links all the buildings. They designed it, they actually measured it. So 12 laps equals a, a mile. So in the winter, what they do, they do, they, 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 they invite senior people, you know, it's people older than myself, um, but they invite seniors who can't go outside because of the weather, this, that, other, other. They do walking and coffee, chat, walking. Fabulous idea. You know, anyway, so that's Oregon. Great, great, great trip. And I could talk ages on that. But then went to Mexico. And I think, as you're all aware, because a lot of you have been praying, Mexican churches went through a really hard time in COVID. Uh, two of their dear pastors died because of COVID. Uh, up with the indigenous churches, uh, as well as that, you know, um, one of their key leaders, very sadly, you know, uh, got involved in a moral failure, which really did affect things in the churches there. So they were badly hit. And to be honest, that's why we always said our first trip 
kind of that way over the Atlantic would be to the Mexican churches. Boy, well, we went to try and encourage them. <laughs> we basically were just swamped by their encouragement, really, and just to see what God's done out of some difficult situations. I would say, as some of you know, I've been visiting Mexico for over 30 years now, I would say it's one of the best trips we've ever had in Mexico. And just seeing Mexican leaders rise up, take responsibility in the midst of adversity, really find faith and really find purpose, really find a new day of working together as team. It's been, it was brilliant. But it's always good to share a story. So this is really what I want to just share with you. Okay? All of that's kind of uh, to headlines, but a story. So Martin and Sylvia. Oh, no. Who wants a, little, a taste of Mexican worship? Okay, go on it. Okay, we've got a quick video. Malcolm is working very hard today. Okay, there you go. So that was three Sundays ago in Church Aguas Calientes, right in the heart of Mexico. You almost can't get more central Mexico than that. Uh, you'll notice a lot of young people around, and Mexico is a young, you know, young nation. And that's where some of the excitement of seeing some of these leaders come through are literally people you know, we first knew like that, or even like that. And, uh, and to see them carrying such responsibility was a thrill. But it's a story. Martin and Sylvia. Okay, there's a, a couple that I first met about 20 years ago. And basically, they already had a story to tell. Martin, um, he was known as the king of the barrio, which basically uh, a very, very poor part of Aguas Calientes. And he, as the king of the barrio, meant that he was in charge of all the drug dealing. Uh, he was a drug user. Um, very much hardline drugs, and he controlled the drug network in that area, and that was why he, call, he was called uh, the king. His life was defined by drugs. Uh, as part of that, you can imagine the messed up life, he physically abused Sylvia, his wife, uh, quite, uh, quite seriously. And um, so that, that was kind of history. And before I first got to know them, he wonderfully came to Christ. I love it. It's so good when you're here. It's okay. I know, you just bring that response. Okay. Uh, he, he wonderfully came to Christ. And 
And he was counseled at that time by that he needed to, con to confess. Um, he needed to confess to the local authorities. So he did. He went to the police, and uh, and he was put in a Mexican prison. Now Mexican prisons aren't like ours, which we've got a wonderful uh, justice system, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. And uh, but Mexican systems are very different, and uh, and actually you can go there and never come out. Number of folks in the church kind of pleaded on his behalf and kept his case before prison authorities. And basically, he was offered a release on one condition that if he had a blood test, that his blood would be totally pure of drugs, uh, totally clean of drugs. Now, he knew he'd used so much that his whole system still had, had kind of um, remnants of drugs. This is such a good story. <laughs> so anyway, he prayed. As they put the needle into his arm, he prayed, let this be the blood of Jesus. Theologically, kind of questions, but he prayed as a young Christian, let this be the blood of Jesus. As, the, as that blood was examined, it was perfectly pure, and he was released. Went back to his wife, so, yeah, I know, it's wonderful. I know. We can get excited, okay. Right, I'll pause for prayer. Pause for prayer? Pause for applause. Anyway, so then go back 20 years ago. All that happened before I knew them. And then 20 years ago, 1995, I was there. And, um, and he went back to his wife. But obviously, she lived with the history of physical abuse. And all the trauma that that brought. And 1995, I was at a meeting with them. And it was quite a, a big meeting. It's quite a powerful meeting. And we were praying for folks. And, the, and, and Martin came forward for prayer. I can remember it as clearly as anything. He came forward for prayer. And the power of the Holy Spirit just fell on him. And he was just flat on the floor under the power of the Spirit. God was doing something powerful. At the same time, Sylvia was sitting on the end of a pew in the meeting. A bench, not an actual pew, kind of a hard bench, Mexican bench. And as the Spirit of God came on Martin, so without anyone praying for her, she just fell off the bench under the power of God and was just under the power of God. And they were like that for a long time, a long time. And then they both began to, you know, different parts of the hall, much, much, much bigger than this. It was a big, big meeting. They both began to kind of come round, as it were, or to gather their senses at the same time. And as Sylvia got up onto the bench, she looked forward and she saw Martin get up. And she, in her words, she said, her first thought was, what a handsome man he is. And she fell in love with him all over again. She just literally just felt a real wave of love. And that was over 20 years ago. Well, here they are now. And they, they've had bumpy, a bumpy ride, but they're together and they're a super couple. We're going to the next slide. Here's Sylvia. She's serving. We had a leaders' conference at Aguas Calientes. And she's serving... That's, that's real Mexican tacos. Okay? That's what they do on a Sunday morning after a meeting. So there she is serving. Next picture. And 
one of the things now, and this brings it bang up to date, and I believe we can be part of this story. Okay? And uh, they feel God's spoken to them about providing a home for drug users, for those with addiction. And so on that Sunday, after the meeting, Nico, who's the pastor of the church, took, uh, took, took me out to show this wonderful building. Okay, I've given you a little detail. If you could look through that broken window, you'd see it's been used by homeless people or it's, it's trashed building. Well, this building, uh, a businessman has given them this building. They need to renovate it, but this is now going to be a full-time home of rehabilitation for those with addictions. It'll be men, and, uh, but Martin will be leading it. So the king of the barrio will become king of rehabilitation. So it's a fabulous story, and that is just to start. That was a story I did not know about the up-to-date bit. So we're going to finish just with another quick video. This is Nico. This is traffic noise. This is Mexico. Get the atmosphere. But strain to hear what Nico, the pastor, is sharing in this. Okay. Well, this is the place. This is the house we can use for the rehabilitation center. And we want to start in March 2022. And uh, we want to have a service to the community on rehabilitation about drugs, about alcoholism. That's the very interesting work in Mexico. So please pray for us and please pray for Martin and Celia because they have a, a full time on that kind of work. So please pray for us. Okay, brilliant, isn't it? So that's something to pray for. Uh, but I, 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 I really hope at some point we'll be able to give into that as well uh, in terms of just helping them renovate that, that property so that it really can be uh, a, a, a place of hope for people whose lives have been so messed up. Isn't God good? Yeah. Okay, it's great. Isn't it? Okay, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter preach, um, but... <clears throat> An important preach, hopefully. In these days, I mean, we've been shaken, aren't we, in so many different ways. The world is being shaken. And we, we do, it's critical, we, know, we need to know where we look. We need to know where we put our hope, where we put our trust. That's why I felt those prophetic words this morning uh, were so really on the button for everything, actually, that I put in my notes here. It was this month, March, two years ago, that our world was rocked and shocked as a global pandemic spread. And there were images on our news, weren't there, that we'd never, ever seen before. City centres across the world that were just empty. Streets, it was like... Yeah, the, the, the world had gone into shutdown. Unimaginable scenes were unfolding. And there was a huge human cost. Tragically, there was a, a high cost, but somehow 
you know, a lot of people have managed to live through it. And I guess we've sort of thought, when we get to the end of the pandemic, and we know we're not at the end of it yet, but that, that you kind of think, when we get to the end, and then suddenly, two years later, we're rocked again, aren't we? There, there's scenes again on our TV sets, or sets, <laughs> on our TV screens that are unimaginable. War in Europe. It's just unimaginable. All things are being shaken. And like the pains of childbirth, it seems like they're increasing and intensifying. And so, I don't think we should be surprised either by what is happening or by even more things happening. This won't be the end. Because the Bible actually says there will be times of great shaking. But those things that have been shaken are to reveal what is unshakable. And that's where the reality of what happens in the world and us working through our statement of faith actually comes to an important intersection this morning. Because the next thing we want to look at in our statement of faith is this. Jesus is exalted. He is Lord. He is King. It says he rose from the dead. This is in our statement of faith. And in his resurrection body ascended into heaven where he is exalted Lord of all. Just a quick background to that. In the Old Testament, as we go through it, there's this repeated promise and prophecies that a king will come, a king will come. We remember it at Christmas time, don't we, when we read those scriptures that says that of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time on forevermore, from Isaiah chapter 9. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. His throne will be characterized by justice and righteousness. And there's many scriptures we can look at, but if we just turn to Psalm 2, and let's just read this together. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire? And the peoples plot in vain. The kings of the earth, they rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and he terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. 
Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your disruption for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This psalm and other psalms beat with a message. A king is coming. One who will reign forever. One who despite what nations will do, will rule. And throughout the Old Testament, there were all sorts of thoughts and ideas of kind of what this would look like and how this would happen. But there came a moment in history, which again was prophesied. It was a moment when actually a mighty army was occupying Another land was ruling the people of Israel. And previously that Micah had said this, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Micah had prophesied a king will be born in Bethlehem under the oppressive rule of another nation. Jesus was born. A king was born. And then we go on to read the story, don't we? We read about Jesus, the adult Jesus in actions. And what he does, he announces a kingdom. It's the message of a kingdom, which is good news. You see, that's what Martin and Sylvia have found in Mexico this message of the kingdom of God is good news. He heals the brokenhearted. Sylvia would say, Amen to that. He sets free the oppressed. He releases those who are imprisoned. Martin would say, Amen to that. He announces the kingdom. And then he does the, he demonstrates the power of the kingdom. Lame people walk, blind people see, deaf people hear, lepers are cleansed, lives are restored, prostitutes are forgiven. This is the kingdom of God. The king is here. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. And then the king is arrested. He's on trial, and Pilate actually questions him with the, the question, are you the king of the Jews? And then the Roman soldiers take him from the trial, and they mock him, and they flog him with a taunt, hail, king of the Jews. And then they nail him to the cross. And as they nail him to the cross, that, that charge, you know, the, the charge, the reason for his death is put over him, saying, King of the Jews. The king is killed. But then we know, three days later, the king rises to life again. He rose. He's victorious. He overcame. He's not just king of the Jews. He's king of the Gentiles, he's king of the world. He rises. He's alive. 
I mean, some of those disciples who saw him and, and touched him and heard him and, and had that experience of meeting the risen Lord Jesus, they then saw him ascend. He was hidden from their sight by a cloud. And he ascended, and it was then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He is enthroned. He is exalted. The king is on the throne. We must see this. The king is on the throne. He's seated. He reigns. Where is Jesus now? On the throne. What is he doing? He reigns. He rules. He's king over all. The nations do roar. They do. The nations, there's been wars. There are wars. There will be wars. There's desperate times. There might be even worse times ahead. But Jesus reigns. We must see this. That's why worship is so critical to us because it lifts us from the immediacy of these things into the reality of Jesus is on the throne. He's exalted as Lord of all. And that was the message of the early church. On that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on those early disciples you know, amidst all the phenomena of the power of the Spirit and, the, you know, a remarkable time. And yet Peter in the midst of it gets up and preaches and explains it. He said, yes, it's the inauguration of the last times. This is like the launching of the church. But then he preaches about Christ. He actually quotes one of the Psalms, Psalm 110. a psalm that says that this Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Is the exalted Christ. And that's our message. It's the message the early church was birthed into. It was soon to know real persecution. It was the message the early church was new and was shaped by. It's what Paul, when he wrote to the churches, he reminded them again and again, as a lot of them faced very difficult times. He reminded them of Jesus, that God had exalted him to the highest place and has given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is Lord. He's King. He's exalted. How do we respond to this? Well, just going back to Psalm 2 and I'm going to finish with this but I think there are just four things to highlight In that section of Psalm 2, it says, be wise. Verse 9, it says, kings, therefore you kings, be wise. Let's be wise. Let's, us as believers, let's be wise by knowing the Lord. By knowing who he is. By truly knowing Jesus 
reigns. It's so easy, isn't it? And I'm the same as all of us. It's so easy, isn't it, to let fear, anxiety, worry, cares, just to dominate our hearts. And, you know, you only have to have a, a, a kind of be to watch the news and it just can so affect us in so many ways. Amidst real emotions and real fears and real concerns that are very genuine that we need, let's not lose sight of who Jesus is. Let's be wise. Let's know the Lord. Let's have a clear view of Jesus that, that is the unshakable in these times of all things being shaken. Also, in that verse, it says, serve the Lord with fear. That we serve. Okay? What does life look for us now? Well, it's this, we're servants of the king. And we long to see his kingdom come. So the things we've heard about in the Gospels, the thing we've seen in Martin and Silva's life, we say, God, we want to see your kingdom come into people's lives. That's the message people need. There is still good news in this day of awful news. There's still good news. It's the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's an ache in people's hearts to hear what is truly true in these days. Let's serve, serve him. And it goes on to say, and celebrate his rule with, tempt, with trembling. In other words, worship. Let's worship. Let's worship his rule. When nations are in an uproar, worship becomes critical. Again, I keep emphasizing it. That prophetic word is so bang on this morning. In the midst of trouble, what do we do? Well, let's be wise. Let's know the Lord. Let's serve. Let's not be thrown off of that calling and that message that we've uniquely got. But let's worship him. I've been so impacted by hearing a story of believers in Ukraine at the moment who have kind of taken hold of Psalm 31. We won't look at it now, but it's worth looking at. In fact, it's a good psalm to take away and to pray for Ukraine. You know, often we think, how do we pray? Well, Psalm 31 is a good one. And just hearing of, in the midst of what they're living through, they're learning to praise God. To worship. So I'm amazed at a few more stories that we'll just share tonight. God's at work. There's great courage being expressed, but there's also real praise to the King who's Lord of all. And then fourthly, it ends up, just see how this psalm finishes. It's so precious, it's so reassuring, it's so powerful, it's remarkable. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Isn't that amazing? It's quite a strong psalm, isn't it? You know? 
uh, you know, the one who sits in heaven laughs. It speaks about the greatness, the authority, the sovereignty of God. God will have the last word. But alongside his threat, let's see the type of throne he's seated on. It's a throne of grace. And we can draw near to find grace and mercy in our time of need. And we can find refuge, refuge, refuge. Boy, I can only begin to guess at what the word refuge means to countless people in Ukraine now. It's a whole different meaning to what it means for us to go home in a, short, in, in, in a few moments. When under attack, refuge becomes the thing that you need more than ever. ever. Here, the, we find the king is our refuge. He gives us security. He is unshakable. He gives true peace and true protection. Let's believe that. People need to hear that. People need to hear that here in our lives. We meet all sorts of people this week who will be worried, fear, anxious. Let us be a refuge. Because we know the king. But let's think of ways of communicating. Yeah, there is a peace you can know amidst the horror. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in these nations that are at war. Let's pray that they would know the refuge. Let's know this. We can know the unshakable. The king who rules and is our refuge. Let's pray together, shall we? We are going to worship. Yeah, we'll pray and we're going to worship. And I really believe our worship should be a, a real response of faith and encouragement to look to him, to know him. But let's pray. Father, we just draw near to you. We thank you that you are exalted. You are Lord of all. You reign over all things. Lord, we just come and we lift our eyes, we lift our hearts to you. Lord, we are so grateful that you are sovereign over all things. But Lord, too, we just come and just want to bring our, our prayers before your throne of grace. And Lord, we say, Lord, in these times, Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray for that nation of Ukraine. We pray that you would intervene in such a remarkable way. Intervene, Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, would you, from heaven, Silence and stop the work of the evil one. And Lord, we pray for your intervention, your peace, your protection. 
we pray literally for many, many to find refuge, physical refuge, as well as refuge in you. Come, Lord Jesus, be at work. Be at work in these nations at war, Lord, we pray. But be at work in our lives, Lord. Be at work in us. Help us in these days of shaking to know the great unshakables, to know you. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.